Good morning and welcome on this Monday morning to our devotional Golden Nuggets, Food for Thought and for the Imagination. We're going to pick up right where we left off with Amalek, the prophecy of Balaam, uh, what he saw. This is what God revealed to him when, when he saw Israel out in the wilderness and uh, Moab, the king of Moab, Balak, uh, he wanted to uh, curse them. And in his vision, he saw this in the book of Numbers, chapter 24, verse 27, uh, chapter 24, verse 19 and 20. Out of Jacob shall come he that shall have dominion, talking about Christ, that shall destroy him that remaineth of the city. And when he looked on Amalek, he took up his parable and said, Amalek was the first of the nations but his latter end shall he shall be that he shall perish. And when you look at the scripture, uh, some of the prophets uh, prophesied concerning Amalek and uh, what was going to be their end result. In the book of Numbers, in chapter 14, verse 42, 43 onward, it talks about after they had been rebellious, when the 40... Spies went in when the when the twelve spies went into the land for forty days. That they came back with an evil report, and uh, only Joshua and Caleb had a good report. Well, they were told what the Lord was going to do by Moses because they had rebelled against him, and they decide, well, we'll go and fight up against Amalek ourselves. And and the scripture says this, as we read on. <clears throat> for the Amalekites and the Canaanites are there before you, and you shall fall by the sword, because you turned away from the Lord. Therefore the Lord will not be with you. But this is once again for presumption, when people presume that they can do something that will uh, please God, not out of faith, but out of presumption. Something that they fabricated in their own mind, and their own heart, out of their own ability. And it says in verse 44, But they presumed, but they presumed to go up unto the hill top. Nevertheless, the ark of the covenant of the Lord and Moses departed not out of the camp. Verse 45, Then the Amalekites came down, and the Canaanites, which dwelt in the hill, and they smote them and discomfited them, even unto uh, or Orma. So they thought that they could just simply go and fight an enemy on their own, and it'd be no different than a Christian thinking, uh, "Well, you know, I can just uh, take on the devil with uh, my hands tied my back." That's that's not the way it works. It's got to be God's armor in the life of the believer that God has provided for him, for them. It has got to be God's weaponry, God's weapons that he has given us uh, against our spiritual enemy. And the battle is the Lord, but we just don't stand still unless we're told to stand still. There are usually things that he says to do, uh, like he told Gideon, you know, just simply uh, get some... Uh, uh, things and, and do this and do that or like he told Joshua just stand still and watch and this is the the battle is the Lord's and I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that 
in other words, there is always the part that an individual has to do on his own. When he told King David and the Israelites to go up against the Canaanites and all the, they just didn't stand still. They would pray, God, shall I follow them? Shall I do this? Shall I do that? Uh, if I do, you know, will I overcome? Will I? So there, there is always the part that, Im- that involves our actions and our responsibilities. Now, as we continue, uh, we can look at in uh, Nehemiah when they were building the wall and they were working. And of course, the enemy was out there scorning. The enemy was out there accusing. The enemy was out there slandering. And it says in chapter 4, verse 17, They which built on the wall, they that bear the burden, and remember, we are to bear one another's burden, with those that laid it, everyone with his hands worked in the work, and with the other hand held a weapon. So here's an interesting concept. You work the work of God, but you also are prepared for battle every single day. In 1 Samuel, in chapter 17, verse 33, it says, And Samuel said to David, Thou art not able to go up against this Philistine to fight with him, for thou art but a youth, and he is a man of war from his youth. In the book of Numbers, chapter 33, verse 54, it says, You shall divide the land by lots for an inheritance among your families. And the more you shall give to the more inheritance and to the fewer less inheritance. And you shall give less inheritance. Every man's inheritance shall be in the place where his lot falleth according to the tribes of your fathers. You shall inherit it. And then it says in verse 55. But if you will not drive out, but if you will not drive out the inhabitants of the land from before you, then it shall come to pass that those which yet remain of them shall be pricks in your eyes and thorns in your side and shall vex you in the land wherein you dwell. So when they entered into the land, They were told they are to get rid of anything and everything that is in the land that does not pertain to them that God has given. God has given them the land. He said he would give them the victory. He told them to go out there and conquer. But if they did not drive out the inhabitants of the land, then the inhabitants themselves would in due time, as they remained there, become pricks in their eyes and thorns in their side and would vex them in the land that they dwell. And this is a concept for the Christian believer today. The things that he does not want to deal with and he leaves them untreated, undone. Eventually, as I've mentioned before, those things from the past in our present wind up eventually coming back to bite us. 
or bless us in the future. So he mentions two things. Something that is going to be piercing your side as thorns. And something that is going to be pricking your eyes. Now, <clears throat> Paul, when he came up against the church of Jesus in the book of Acts in chapter 8. And Jesus uh, rebuked them and told them, hey, is it, is it so hard uh, to kick against the, 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 the thing? And, and, and not realize, you know, what you're doing? And of course, Paul immediately, he responded, Lord, Lord, uh, what do you want me to do? And then thorns in your sides. Of course, the book of 2 Corinthians talks about a thorn in the flesh. But he says thorns in your side. A thorn in your side would be an annoyance. Something that would just annoy you all the time. If you've ever got a little splinter or have been uh, pricked by a thorn. Boy, uh, oh, that thing just hurts and hurts and hurts and hurts. It says in verse uh, 56, Moreover, it shall come to pass that I shall do unto you as I thought to do unto them. And then it says in Joshua chapter 23, verse 13, Know for certain that the Lord your God will no more drive out any of these nations before you, but they shall be snares and traps unto you and scourges in your sides and thorns in your eyes until you perish off the off this good land which the Lord your God has given you. So now they were told by Moses what would happen in numbers. Now Joshua rehearses and reminds them and he tells them, look, if you do not drive out these enemies if you don't drive them out of your land, out of your possession, then these nations are going to be snares, that's one, and traps, that's two, unto you, and scourges in your side, thorns in your, uh, think about that, a thorn in your eye until you perish. Well, when we think about snares and we think about traps, it actually brings up the reminder of the book of Psalms and Psalm 91 in particular, when it talks about being freed from the snare of the fowler. So as we look at that Psalm, this is what it says. And, and actually, you, you stop and think about it. Even people that are out at war may want to quote this. As part, of, as part of protection over their lives. It says, He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge. He is my fortress. My God in Him will I trust. Surely He will deliver thee from the snare of the fowler, from the noisome pestilence. He shall cover thee with His feathers, and under his wings thou shalt trust his truth. And his truth shall be thy shield and buckler. Thou shalt not be afraid of the terror by night, nor the arrow that flieth by day. And then, of course, it says in verse number 7, 
uh, six and six, uh, uh, number seven, a thousand shall fall at thy side and ten thousand at thy right hand, but it shall not come nigh thee. Only with your eyes shall you behold and see the reward of the wicked, because you have made the Lord, uh, the Lord which is my refuge, even the Most High, your habitation. Therefore, no evil shall befall thee, neither shall any plague come nigh dwelling place. He shall give his angels charge over thee to keep thee in all thy ways. They shall bear thee up in their hands, lest thou dash thy foot against the stone. Thou shalt thread upon the lion, the adder, and the young lion, the dragon shalt thou trample under feet. Now, this psalm, the portion of it, when Jesus was in the wilderness and Satan came to tempt him, this was part of the battle that was going on, he came to tempt him to cause him to sin, cause him to fall, that Jesus told him, it is written, it is written, thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. It is written, you know, man shall not live by bread alone. Uh, it is written, you know, thou shalt worship the Lord thy God and him only shalt thou uh, serve. So in the scripture, we find out that Jesus used the word, that is the weapon, the sword, against the enemy. And Israel was told, if you do not get rid of these things in Joshua 23, 13, then they're going to come back and they're going to be scourges and traps and snares uh, on your side and thorns in your eyes. Those are five different things. And of course, when you think of some of these things, you can go back to the sower sows the word. If you allow these certain things in life to continue, they will become the thorns, you know, where the seed was uh, falling. Of course, right here, we have thorns in your eyes. Uh, the traps we already mentioned that the fowler has set up and the snares uh, to catch an individual's life. We need to be very aware that if they are not dealt with, then eventually they will come back. Develop of habit of not wanting to read the Bible. Uh, develop of habit of not wanting to study it. Develop a habit of just getting accustomed to just hearing the word preached uh, in the pulpit. And that's about it. Eventually, you'll wind up wordless from the word of God in your life because... It's the word that provides the food for faith. God's word provides the food for our faith. And without it, basically our faith will starve. And if our faith starves, we will not be able to please God because we're walking by works, walking by the law, or by any other method other than walking by faith and serving him. Well, in Judges it says, Now God said, Now these are the nations which the Lord left to prove Israel. And by them, even as many of as Israel had not known all the wars of Canaan. He left them to train them so that, in verse number 2 of chapter 3 of Judges, that the generations of the children of Israel might know to teach them war 
and at least such as before knew nothing thereof. Consider this food for thought and for the imagination. God puts us in boot camp to train us. To train us so that we can be victorious like Jesus was when he was here on this earth. And he did say in Revelation in chapter 2 and 3 that he would give us certain rewards for having overcome. And this is the victory that overcomes the world according to John, 1 John chapter 5. Even our faith. Until then, consider this food for thought and for the imagination. The Lord richly bless you. Keep looking up. Our Lord and Savior is coming soon. Amen.